Hey guys, welcome to an episode of Killer's Nest. I'm Ida. I'm Maya, and today we're just going to be talking about some of our recent true crime documentaries that we watched and some serial killer stories. Hmm. Um, one of my favorite serial killers, calling them my favorites, it sounds a bit weird, but my favorite serial killers, basically the toolbox killers, they're two men, basically Lawrence Bittaker and Roy Norris, and they're called the toolbox killers because they had a toolbox filled with tools for torture basically and these are like pliers wires like coat hangers things like that and basically they would like kidnap girls in their van bring them up to a mountain torture rape and then kill them and Mm. they actually like recorded audio tapes of the torture like they like would like yeah and then the lead investigator on the toolbox killer's case actually killed himself over these tapes and he like wrote a letter that was like, oh, if I kill myself, then maybe these killers won't come back and hurt my family. Because what they did to them was like actually really horrible. Oh my god. What about the consequences that the killers got? Well, they were executed. I mean, obviously. Mm. But yeah. I mean, a lot of these FBI agents examined psychologies of serial killers. What was the background of these two men? Um, well, Lawrence Bittaker was a child of parents who did not want children, and then he lived in a, host- a foster home for a really long time. He was, you know, had, like, got arrested for, like, petty theft when he was young, um, and, like, interestingly, he had an IQ of almost 140, but mm-hmm. then he still dropped out of high school and obviously turned to killing people. Roy Norris was, like, conceived out of wedlock. His mom was a dr- drug addict, and because he was denied love by his foster parents, he like, kind of turned to, you know, Hmm. So I guess like a lack of love and poor family backgrounds or bad young childhood would definitely contribute to the actions made by these killers, right? Yeah, for Hmm. sure. I mean, another serial killer that I saw which had the same pattern of a lack of love in their childhood was Jeffrey Dahmer, where he basically raped and killed young boys. And at one point, he even tried to turn one of his victims into a zombie. What he did was basically inject stuff where he was basically conscious, but he couldn't become aware of himself. Yeah, so he had like no will, basically. Yeah. But eventually he gained consciousness and he walked out on the road, but the police returned the boy to Jeffrey Dahmer because they thought that they were in a gay relationship and they did not want to interfere with anything. Yeah. Do you think that was like a right or correct decision or was it made out of like panic? I mean, obviously not, but I know at that time, the police had a really rough relationship with the gay community, so mm. I mean, they didn't want to anger anyone. So. Do you know any survivors that escaped Jeffrey Dahmer? There was this one guy, his name is Tracy Edwards. He was in Jeffrey's apartment for, I think, like four hours before he eventually escaped, and he like talks about his trauma a lot because he never really recovered from what happened, which is like understandable, obviously. Mm. And I think... What are some patterns besides a lack of love between these killers or just other serial killers that are very famous? Um, well, there's obviously like psychopathic behavior disorder. I feel like people use psychopath a lot to talk about serial killers. Like I feel like that's like these two terms are like interchangeable for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But not all violent offenders are psychopaths, and not all psychopaths are actually violent offenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think some people fake? having this disorder to avoid getting sentenced to death. I mean, I'm sure that like if you can fake insanity or plead insane, then 
I'm sure you could. There was one case, I think, of a person who, like, pretended to be insane mm-hmm. um, and ended up going to a mental hospital instead of prison. But people mm-hmm. eventually, like, caught him because when the detective would leave the room, he was perfectly fine. But when oh. the detective came back, he'd be, like, like scrunched in a corner and, like, mm-hmm. saying things that didn't make any sense. <laughs> I guess these unique characteristics are especially apparent within serial killers because I remember that Ted Bundy was extremely charismatic. And that was what he used to lure people in and eventually kill these women. Yeah. It's actually, like, really scary to think about because he was, like, a really good-looking, like, kind person. But then Mm -hmm. he would kill people, and you would never know. Same with, like, Jeffrey Dahmer and the Toolbox Killers, I'm sure. Mm. Just circling back to the Toolbox Killers, how far could they go before they were eventually caught? And, like, how were they caught? Um, They weren't really, they didn't kill as many people as, say, like, John Wayne Gacy or something he did. But what they did do to people was so horrible. Like, they would, like, break bones. They would, like, there was one case um, where he smashed a girl's elbow with, like, a hammer. And then when she was like, oh, you broke my elbow, he continued to smash her elbow 25 more times. Um, So cases like this, um, I'm not entirely sure how they ended up finding him, but I think they ended up finding the tapes Oh. And then from the tapes, they found everything else, which yeah. is really scary to think about. And what you said about the lead investigator killing himself because of the tapes, that's also kind of disturbing. and kind of reflects how bad and how severe the actions of these two killers were. Yeah, the tapes are they're not released to the public. They're used for FBI training. Mm. That's how vivid they were. I mean, I guess also FBI is also doing a lot, opening special units to investigate these killers and their past and the psychologies behind it. Do you think that's important or effective in trying to prevent future serial killers or to identify killers' actions? I mean, I'm sure it is. We know a lot more now than we did when these killers were still around, but we still don't know that much. Like when I was doing research for this podcast, I couldn't find a lot of definitive like research and um, answers to questions like Hmm. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you.